Want to be more confident when having business conversations? Join the Small Talk Made Simple class. In this free email course, you'll learn how to talk about yourself and express yourself with confidence and clarity. Sign up now at thecmethod.com. You're listening to Stand Out Get Noticed, the show that helps you communicate with confidence so you can stand out from the crowd and get noticed by all the right people. To subscribe to the show, go to thecmethod.com. Yes, and hello there, Rockstar. Welcome to episode 84 of Stand Out, Get Noticed. My name is Christina Cantors, communication skills speaker, coach, and the host of this show. And yes, I am back. I am back from Vietnam, and I am excited to get back into it. I did take a break. If you've been listening to the show, you would have heard my sister, Liz A. Cantors, hosted the last episode, and I think she did an amazing, amazing job. So thank you so much, Liz A., for filling in for me. Just so you know, I had no idea what she was going to publish. I said to her, hey, just think about what you've learned about communication in your own journey and think about what you think the listeners would like to hear and go for it. And of course, keep in mind my personal brand, but (laughs) just go for it. And if you didn't listen to that episode, make sure you do. It's episode 83 of this podcast, and it's called The Top 5 Things I've Learned About Communication with guest host Lise Cantors. So on the topic of Vietnam, seeing it's still fresh in my mind, I was there for 10 days with my partner Aaron, and it was a vacation, so it wasn't a work trip. I thought I would do an episode about what I learned in Vietnam and how it relates to speaking and confidence and especially communication. So a bit of backstory on the trip. We spent 10 days there. We visited Ho Chi Minh City, Hoi An, which is a bit of a smaller town, and Hanoi. And we loved it. It was, it was my, both of our first time there. And the people were amazing. The food, the hustle and bustle of the big cities. It was all an incredible experience. And I learned a lot when I was there. Now, the reason why I want to share these stories from my travels with you and the lessons with you is because I want to, I want to show you that we, we learn every single day. Okay. And I know that I, I talk a lot about how you can learn to be more confident, learn to communicate better. And you can learn this stuff from listening to a podcast like this. You can learn it from reading books and watching videos and getting out there and practicing. But our life experiences are also invaluable. So if you can open up your mind and see the hidden lessons in the stuff that you learn from other things, that's going to help you with your own development. I promise. So traveling to a new place is It's also a great way to get out of your comfort zone. You experience new things, new cultures, and you're forced to communicate with people in different ways. And it's much more challenging, of course, when you have a language barrier. So today I want to share with you five things that I learned from my time in Vietnam and how this actually relates to how you can be more confident and communicate better. And if you can, I encourage you to travel more and to learn these things for yourself through other cultures and through these exciting new experiences. All right, let's go. Lesson number one is the importance of body language. 
Now, when we were out and about ordering food and asking people for things, we had to use our hands and our bodies and our faces a lot because we didn't speak Vietnamese and the Vietnamese people didn't speak English. So we couldn't just say to someone, can I please order one of those bowls of noodles and, and three of those spring rolls? just using our, purely using our words. It just wasn't going to work. So we had to be really gestural and really clear. So we had to point at one bowl of noodles and then hold up one finger and go one. And then we had to point at, say, the spring rolls and then hold up three fingers and go three. And I mean, even if we knew what the name of the dish was that we wanted to order, we wouldn't even be able to pronounce it properly. So half the time we didn't even know what we were eating. We just saw it and we thought, that looked good. And we would just have to point at things. And you know what? It worked. Now, there's this stat that a lot of people quote that 55% of all communication is communicated non-verbally and only 7%, I think it is, is communicated through the words and the remaining 32% or whatever it is, is communicated through your tone. So when we were in, when we were in Vietnam, we actually found that not being able to speak using our words it didn't matter that much because we could still communicate non-verbally, right? So we could use our hands, we could use our face and smiling and pointing at things and looking at things. I remember I once asked a woman in a, it was a little local eatery and no one there spoke any English and I wanted to use the bathroom and the bathroom was on the other side of the restaurant and I looked at her from across the room. So she was across the room and I looked at her and then I looked at the bathroom door and I pointed at the bathroom door and looked back at her and then she gives me this little nod and then I thought, great. Like I didn't even have to say, can I use your bathroom? She didn't have to say yes. It was all communicated through non-verbals. So what does this mean for you in your day-to-day life? You you really need to think about what you are communicating with your body. Okay, so your words might be saying a certain thing, but if your body is saying, I'm not interested or, you know, I'm bored or I want to go home, or if your body is communicating that you're not confident or not being sure of yourself, that's actually going to communicate more strongly than the words that you're saying. Okay, so think about what you're doing with your body. It is so important. Lesson number two, how to cross the road. (laughs) So the traffic in Vietnam is mental. When you go there, this is in the cities in particular, there appears to be no road rules. There are tons and tons of motorbikes and scooters as well as cars, right? And people ride on the wrong side of the road. They push in, they ignore red lights. There's no such thing as a stop sign there. You'll be going along and then a bike will just come out of the side road without stopping or looking, they'll just go, right? And there's this constant flow of traffic. There's no such thing as a pedestrian crossing. I mean, sometimes they have pedestrian lights, but the motorbikes will go through the red lights anyway. So how do you cross the road when the traffic just doesn't stop? when it's this constant flow of motorbikes, taxis, buses, and trucks. It's really, really scary. Now, we'd heard from people before that you don't wait for a break in traffic because there is none. What you have to do is just walk. Sounds crazy, right? You just step out into this moving traffic and miraculously, the bikes just go around you. 
So they just, they just, they see you and they move around you. But there's a trick to it. You have to walk with confidence and with purpose. And from the moment you step out from the sidewalk onto the road, you have to walk at a constant, steady pace and walk with purpose and direction. So you know exactly where you're going. You look straight ahead and you walk carefully but confidently across. And then the motorbike riders and the, and the drivers of the cars, they can then see, okay, this person's crossing the road. I know how fast they're going so I can time myself properly to go around them, right, at, at the correct moment. Ross, if you step out and you kind of hesitate and you look a bit scared and you take a step back and then one little step forward and the back and oh, oh, should I go? Should I go? The motorists don't actually, they don't know what you're doing and they go, and that means that they're more likely to freak out and more likely to hit you. Okay. So the trick was to walk with confidence. And the lesson from this is that if you look confident and you look like you know what you're doing, other people will accept that as the truth and they will work with you. They'll go along with it. If you're hesitant, on the other hand, people will think something's wrong and they won't know what to do or they won't really trust you. They'll be like, oh, I don't know what this person's doing. Should I, should I go this way? Should I go that way? Should I follow them? I don't know. So when you're walking, say if you're walking into an important meeting, you've got to walk like you have purpose. You've got to walk with confidence. And when you go to shake someone's hand, don't hesitate. Just walk straight away, shake their hand. Or if you're going up to speak in front of an audience, don't pause kind of awkwardly. Act as if you know exactly what you're doing and people will go along with it. Lesson number three, attempt to speak someone else's language. Now, in my travels, I found that people really appreciate it when you make an effort to speak their language, even if it's a simple phrase like hello or thank you or or please or goodbye or whatever. Now, we didn't learn much Vietnamese while we were over there. It's not an easy language, but we did learn how to say no thank you because we found that a lot of people would offer us stuff to buy, right? We didn't come across any beggars, but we did come across a lot of people who would be like, you know, do you want to buy some fake Ray-Bans? Do you want to ride on, on, on our motorbike? Do you want a taxi? Do you want bananas? blah, blah, blah. Do you want shoes? Anything they were selling, people would ask us, oh, come look at our shop. And we found that if we said, no, thank you in Vietnamese, which is actually, okay, so if you want to learn a bit of Vietnamese, thank you is come on, as in it sounds like come on. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong anyway, but it's come on. And then uh, no is kong. And I might be saying that wrong too. So I apologize to any Vietnamese people listening, Um, but it's kong, K. H-O-N-G. Now, we thought we were really smart. We thought, we'll put it together. We'll say, Kong, come on, which is no thank you. So anytime someone offered us something, we would say, Kong, come on. And then the people offering us the stuff would actually kind of laugh and go, Kong, come on. And then they would leave us alone. And we thought, oh, that's great. That worked. Like we, we told them no thank you in their language and they respected that. And then they left us alone. They didn't keep asking us to buy stuff. And I found this in other countries as well. When you at least try to speak their language or you say in, you learn to say in their language, do you speak English? Right. They'll be much more helpful because you, uh, cause you've made an attempt to build rapport with them. 
Side note, when we got back to Melbourne, I was speaking to Michael, who is interning with me. You'll meet him soon on the podcast. And he's Vietnamese. And I told him that we were so clever using Kung Come On to say no thank you. And then he told me that that's not even a phrase that they use. I said, what do you mean? You don't say no thank you? He said, yeah, we just say no. He said, there's no such thing as no thank you. And then I realized that's why everyone was laughing at us. They weren't impressed with us or thought that we were cute for using their language. They were laughing at us because we were using a completely incorrect phrase. So lesson number 3.5, I'm going to steal the, the, the lesson and a half concept from Lise. Always ask a local first before you start go, going making up your own phrases in a foreign language. Okay, so how does this relate to communicating in day-to-day life? Well, like I've mentioned before on previous podcasts about personality styles, I recommend you go listen to those. Um, I, I outline what different personality styles are and how to communicate with them because we have there's four main different personality types and each type communicates in a different way. And in much the same way as speaking someone else's language if, if in a foreign country, if you can learn to speak in a similar communication style to someone else, that's going to help to build rapport with them and that's going to help them to uh, – you're going to get along better with them, they're going to be more helpful and you're just going to have a better time. You're going to be more efficient and effective at working with them and you're going to get better results. Now, I'm not going to go into detail here about as to how you do that, but if you're interested and you haven't listened to those episodes, go and go to thecmethod.com slash personality styles. Otherwise, just go to thecmethod.com and search in the search bar for personality styles. Alrighty, lesson number four. And this one's from my partner, Aaron. This lesson is to ask simple questions and listen. So when we were in Hanoi on our last day, we got ourselves a private tour guide, which was awesome. It cost us only 40 US dollars each for a four-day private tour with a driver in a really nice car and a tour guide who explained everything to us. And on the tour, Aaron found that when he asked a really simple question, he actually got a more detailed and honest response from the tour guide. So we'd be walking around a, a site, maybe, you know, a mausoleum or or museum or something, and he would ask, so when was this built? Or something really simple like that. And then the tour guide would give a response, but then he'd continue to elaborate. Now, Aaron was telling me that when he's at work, he will usually ask leading questions that he thinks he already knows the answer to. What Aaron found on this tour was that Instead of doing that and asking a leading question, you just keep an open mind and you ask a simple question and then you just shut up and listen. And when the other person has finished responding, if you keep quiet, they will actually think of something else and go, oh, and blah, 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 and they'll continue. And so Aaron told me that he he actually found that speaking to this guy and asking simple questions, he actually got really genuine, honest and detailed answers. So that's something that you can practice in your day-to-day life as well. 
However, you do need to have some base knowledge on the to- on the topic, so it pays to do some research beforehand so you can ask a really pertinent question. Alrighty, and the fifth and final lesson I'll share with you today is to respect and embrace the culture. Now, I explained before about the traffic culture of Vietnam and how mental it is. I remember there was one point where there was a green light. We got a green pedestrian light. So we thought, oh, green light. We can walk. Fantastic. And we took a step out, a step off the sidewalk onto the road, and this motorbike just roared around the corner. The guy didn't put his brakes on and he very nearly hit us, very nearly. And we sort of freaked out, took a step back and he, and he managed to, to dart around us. And as he cycled off, Aaron, he, I mean, we were both sort of in shock because we nearly got hit. And Aaron sort of yelled at this guy as he, as he went off like, you know, we got a green line, we're walking here. And the guy turned around and yelled something else out in Vietnamese. And I realized that there's no point in getting mad about this culture, about the, the crazy traffic culture. You just have to embrace it. Embrace it and respect it and you'll have a much better time and you'll probably be less likely to be run over as well if you remember that bikes do whatever the heck they want. And with embracing the culture, I've, I've found this in other places that I've traveled to as well. For example, in many parts of Asia, it's polite to take your shoes off at the front door. They don't wear their outside shoes inside. So if you want to show respect and build better rapport with them, you do as they do and you take your shoes off at the door. In Japan, you accept someone's business card with both hands. So when someone hands it to you, you accept it with both hands and you look at it very carefully and you don't wreck that business card or shove it into your back pocket. Okay, you got to take good care of it because it shows respect to that person. In Thailand, you you um don't scrunch the money up because they respect their king and there's a picture of the king on all of their notes. And if you scrunch up the note, it's, it's disrespectful to the king. So it's little things like that that you don't think about but you'll learn from speaking to the locals. So if you can learn to respect and embrace the culture of different countries that you travel to, you'll enjoy it more, they'll like and respect you more. Right. And you can also think about how you can do this in your day to day life at home. Okay. So what's the culture of the workplace? What's the culture of this particular audience that you're speaking to? Even if it's not in line with how you might usually do things, just suck it up and embrace it for that small amount of time. It's not going to kill you. And if you show them that you're willing to embrace the way that they do things, even if it's just a little bit, and then you can start to do your own thing, you know, you don't have to go full, you know, full pelt into the way that they do things, but come to the table a little bit, show them that you're willing to make an effort, and then you can do your own thing. But that's still going to help build that rapport and get them on board with you and your ideas, and you'll have a much better time of it. You'll be able to get more productivity out of those relationships. Yeah. Alrighty. So those are five things that I learned from my trip to Vietnam that I wanted to share with you today. And if there's anything that you get out of this episode, it's that you should go and travel and embrace new cultures and experience the 
you know, all sorts of new things and new people and languages. And when you experience that, to learn from those experiences and to bring those lessons into your day-to-day life and use them as ways to grow both personally and professionally. That's all from me this week on the podcast. Now, next week's episode is a conversation that I had with the creative introvert, Kat Rose. Kat is a talented designer who helps creative introverts show their work, build their confidence, and put themselves out there. We talk about how to go out and meet people, network, and market yourself if you're shy and introverted. So if that sounds like you, make sure you tune in for that one next week. All right. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Keep on being awesome and I'll talk to you next week. My name's Christina Cantors and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. <laughs>